This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to an impromptu Blood Red podcast. The Reds march into the quarterfinals of the Champions League after a 3-1 victory over Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena last night. I'm Joe Rimmer and I'm joined by Conor Dunn and Kiva O'Neill here in the studio and James Pearce is live on the phone. Hello all. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Hello, Joe. Hi, James. Right, we'll start with you, James. You're, um, you've had a, a few hours sleep now. Um, let's look back on um, what, what was a wonderful European night for Liverpool yesterday. Just tell us, tell us all about it, James. Tell us what the, the experience was like, what the Allens Arena was like, and um, what that uh, result means to Liverpool. Yeah, it, it was just an absolutely sensational night for the club, wasn't it? I think um, you know, the Allianz Arena is is one of the the really iconic grounds in in European football uh, and to go there and and win and not just win but to do it in that kind of fashion was was massively impressive um you know I, I don't think you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say it was a, a perfect performance I thought the first half was pretty scrappy but what Liverpool did do was you know dig in um you know and then what impressed me most was the second half the way that they absolutely bossed that game and um you know, I think we saw the the value of that European experience that they they picked up over the course of the last season, en route to to Kiev. And yeah, the, to be honest, the Bayern fans around me were were absolutely shell shocked. To be honest, I mean, once once the third goal went in, um, it was like the uh, they were doing a fire drill because they emptied pretty fast. And um, you know, they're not used to being humiliated like that in, on on their own patch. And um, yeah, there was there were Liverpool fans actually dotted all around that stadium. You saw, when when the third goal went in, you, you saw people jumping up all all all, uh, all around and uh, yeah, just uh, fan, just a fantastic fantastic night. And you know, it was I think Klopp said himself in terms of it felt like you know Liverpool making a statement in terms of being back, uh, you know, with a, a big performance on the European stage and you know, certainly the best European away performance they've produced since. Probably since they knocked out Man City in the in the quarters last year. James, before we crack on and talk about the game, obviously we have listeners from all around the world, and many won't have been in Munich last night. Um, tell us a little bit about what the atmosphere in like was uh, in Munich was like. I know Boss Night held a great event in the daytime. Um, it, it looked like one of those brilliant, brilliant European trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what it was? I think you know, speaking to fans on the flight coming back today, they they, they said they'd have that right up there with. With any previous European aways that they'd they'd been on, because um, it was just an absolutely brilliant atmosphere around the place. I mean, the, the contrast between going to Germany and going to to Spain or Italy, um, and, and you know just how moody some of those trips can be, it, it was absolutely vast. You know, you saw both sets of fans just you know happily mingling in <laughs> bars. You know, you go to some some cities with, with Liverpool. You know, they they try and have alcohol bans in place. There was. None of that. The, you know, there was a decent-sized police presence, but you know, none of the heavy-handed policing or stewarding that that have blighted some of those games. You think about what happened in Seville and um, and in Italy of, of late with Liverpool. It was you know the, the authorities over there were absolutely top draw, and you know I think we saw that you know when when fans are treated with respect, that you tend to get respect coming back the other way as well. So. Um, yeah, it was you know just absolutely brilliant. I was, went went to the the boss event in Munich mm. yesterday afternoon, and um, 
yeah, thousands of Liverpool fans packed in there. And they fans from all around the world speaking to fans yeah. there. That's you know, some you know, people from South Africa, Australia, Sweden, Denmark, obviously, you know, thousands of, of locals as well as who had made the trip over. Um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, what happened on the field was, uh, you know, was 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 just the absolute kind of perfect finale to what was what was a you know an exceptional trip. Connor, Bayern, I think it's fair to say aren't, aren't the force that they once were. But do you think a little bit too much has been made of that? Um, this this not many t- teams go and beat Bayern in their own backyard the way Liverpool did last night. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think that's one of the things I wanted to bring up, to be honest. I think when you've got Rio Ferdinand and people like that on the punditry for BT Sport last night and the game and just saying that, oh, yeah, we expect Liverpool to win. OK, yeah, they might not be the side they once were. You know, Ribéry, Robin, people like that might not be as young as they once were and as like like vital as they were for Bayern. But at the end of the day, it's the Allianz Arena. They beat Wolfsburg 6-0 at the weekend. Wolfsburg aren't like a mug of a side. Like, mm-hmm. They go, they play there. They don't really concede at the Allianz. And I think it was like such a serious place to go with the atmosphere and everything. And yeah, way too much was made of how little Bayern Munich had because they still have those great players. And, you know, you can't buy, you can't teach experience, which those players ultimately have in those big games as well. And that does play a massive factor as we've seen. So yeah, I, just, I think definitely, to be honest. Yeah, Kiva, it was, it was a scrappy first half, I think it's fair to say. I think both teams probably will look at that and think they could have done better, but... Does that not enhance how good Liverpool's performance was in the second half? Because they really did take over and show their class. And considering that, you know, they, they suffered the injury problem with Jordan Henderson and then had, a, I'd say, a, a slow start to the first half. Um, it was a really decent second half performance, wasn't it? Yeah, the first half we were so sloppy and just couldn't keep the ball. It felt like the tension, you could just yeah. see it on the pitch. But as soon as Mane scored, it sort of changed it a little bit. But we had to wait till that moment for that absolutely sublime goal like probably the best goal I've ever seen scored that was just really I loved it (laughs) I think the pass I'm putting it out there the pass was just amazing from Van Dijk average oh no way okay I might have had a couple of drinks watching this (laughs) I might have to watch it back but um no yeah up until that moment and then it sort of changed a little bit and then obviously the own goal sort of brought us back down to earth and it felt like we couldn't really get a foothold in the game then we come out the second half and it was like a different 11 it was completely different and I feel like Jordan Henderson going off was probably a good thing because Fabinho has been Fabinho has been in like amazing form and a lot of people were shocked not to see him start and I thought he was he was phenomenal then and he just he had so much to that midfield and Let's people move around. And he just, he's like glue, isn't he? I don't know. His legs are huge. He's just like this big spider in the middle of the pitch, just bossing it. Um, so, yeah, the second, like, it was a game of two halves, literally just totally different performance. And, you know, Van Dyke goal was so important as well. Because yeah. obviously, you knew after like 60 minutes or whatever, when it was, when did Van Dyke score? What minute was that? I think it was, Something no idea. But when it was 1 1 still, midway through just before he scored you were thinking just keep it like this so mm-hmm. when he scored it was like okay and then obviously Manny puts the, the cherry on top of what is an absolutely phenomenal Liverpool performance It was a, a big night for big characters James um, a lot has been said and written about Virgil van Dijk and I think Klopp said the Klopp said he could write a book about how good he is um, yeah. but, but Sadio Mane probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because he is such a phenomenal player for Liverpool, 10 and 10 for him now. Um, I know that you were pretty pleased with his performance last night, weren't you? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know he was he was Liverpool's match winner, and he you know we've been saying that a lot about him regularly. Uh, you know, of, of late, you know his his form since the turn of the year has been absolutely sensational. And when you look at you know Salah, not surprisingly, hasn't been able to replicate the the sheer weight of goals of last season. Same with Firmino. Um, but Mane has has really really stepped up uh, during a period of the season where Liverpool haven't actually been at their their fluent best. When you think you know, what has he got ten in ten, he's got what, what six in his his last four. Um, and you know the, again, you know he, he saved his best for the Champions League knockout stages last season. Um, you know he did did some serious damage to get Liverpool to Kiev and. And he and he's gone off in the knockout stages in a, a similar vein this this time around. Is I mean the first goal is just so so important in it last night because you know it hadn't it hadn't been a great a great contest up to that point. You know Liverpool were, were, you know weren't great in terms of their, their keeping possession. They they made life difficult for themselves a bit, but the, you know that bit of individual brilliance from him and. Of course, of course, you have to factor. In. I don't. I still don't understand for the life of me what on earth has gone through Manuel Neuer's head because he does that. He though, doesn't he, Neuer? He, he does. But it was just crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. It was absolutely no need. To, I think to if come Mane's off his touch line like that. isn't as perfect as it was to literally stick the ball to his foot, then Neuer's going to gobble that up. But but then don't you think there's, there was a centre half with him though, wasn't there? Yeah, so, it's a mad yeah, decision, two, but it's two defend, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the other angle of it him. though? The pass looks just amazing and. Mane just looks like he's always going to catch you. I thought I thought it was a good ball. I thought <laughs> you might be getting a bit carried away since it's the best goal you've ever seen. But I don't know. Say, it's up there, that, you know. It, it is a beautiful goal. I think the, the first, turn, you don't often turn. see that. You know, he absolutely sent Noya the shop, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a little bleep going on here. Um, I think we can carry on. We've got James on the line, so uh, hopefully he's still there. James, are you still there? I'm still here. Still here. By the good, way, James, I thought you were going to be somewhere more exciting than just your house. Like, can't you just <laughs> can't you just pretend you're like stuck in the airport or like <laughs> on the flight? <laughs> no, he's. Um, I think you've had about how many steins were drunk last night, James? Uh, there was a few celebratory ones. There was, uh, yeah. I think when I when I set the alarm, I had one hour forty five minutes before I had to get up. <gasps> oh Why didn't you just it stay was, awake? It, it was just a little power nap, really. <laughs> I probably would have been better off staying awake. I would probably would have felt that. better. <laughs> um, Connor, we've talked about Sadio Mane, but I know, knowing you, you'll be quite keen to talk about Virgil van Dijk. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's like literally the world's best player at the moment. Um, the world's best player? Yeah. I would literally take him over Messi and Ronaldo playing in Liverpool's team right now. I don't think any player could have come in and made such a difference to Liverpool. Um his header was obviously superb and he's had more goals to his game. It seems to be what he's starting to do. Um, he's obviously incredible at the back. But I also want to speak about Matip. Um, because oh, I've got it written down, Connor. Okay. <laughs> You're that desperate to really I am really <laughs> desperate to talk about Matip, actually, because I thought Matip was excellent. Um, I think Matip's been done really well since he came in. Obviously, he gave, gave the ball away a couple of times last night and made you know a couple of little errors. But when you are next to someone like Van Dijk, you're obviously going to have your, your little errors a bit more exposed because he yeah. doesn't really make them. But I think it's going to present Jurgen Klopp a massive problem um, because obviously you've got Dejan Lovren coming back from injury. He was in the squad against Burnley um, and then he was on the bench again last night and you think, what do you do with him if he's back to fitness? I don't think Matic can be dropped and Lovren's not really a player who's going to want to sit on the bench. So it's an interesting thing of what you think it's he can do. It's an interesting point. Uh, look, I've not been a huge fan of Matip in the past, but Kiva, he's been... You can't argue with it. He's been very solid, and I thought he was a bit erratic early on last night. But then, defensively, he was he was solid. He was strong. 
I think sometimes in the past I felt like he shied away, but he didn't shy away last night. He rose to the occasion. What, what do you think? Do you think Klopp will restore Dejan Lovren, or do you think that's Matip's place to lose right now? I think it is his place to lose, but I've, I've just got a feeling he's going to throw Lovren in just to see what sort of dynamic that gives the defence and if there's more. I mean, it's pretty rock solid anyway, mm. so he's not going to make a big hole in it by putting Lovren in. Um, I love Matip's little, you know, he loves his little runs, doesn't he, into the midfield last night, and he done it and lost the ball, but then he recovered it he again, did, and it yeah. really like summed him up as a player. I feel like, you know, he's he's just been sort of put, been given a job. You feel like Clavin would be doing if he was still here. He's just sort of that. He's just sort mm-hmm. of a player that fills a hole, and he's he's done a really good job of it. Um, I felt really sorry for him with the own goal. He's got to get a touch on that yeah. because Lewandowski's coming in to put it in anyway. You just feel like, you know, it was it was going to go in, and he, you know, it could have been it just bounced off him and, and went away. So that was quite the only real bad thing from the night. James, a word for Matip's performance last night. Were you impressed? Yeah, I thought he was great. Yeah, I think what was most impressive was he, you know, he didn't let the own goal bother him you know he, he put it behind him and you know he, he had he had Lewandowski to deal with for the you know quite often it was it was him challenging with Lewandowski he made that you know one one vital challenge where that I think it was early second half when Bayern you know didn't really create hardly anything second half but one moment of danger when it was still one each I think it was Nabry fired that ball across goal and and, and Matip alert to challenge at the at the near post, and he, I think, I thought he was great, and he's, you know, that his contribution, I think, has gone under the radar somewhat in the last couple of months because, yeah. it, you know, if he hadn't stepped up like he has done, there's absolutely no chance that Liverpool would would be where they are in in the in the Premier League table, and and you know, and arguably in, in where they are in the Champions League because, um, you know, with Lovren and Gomez both being out, Klopp was pretty much down to the the bare bones in terms of centre backs and you know I think I must admit I, I feared for Liverpool when you know they were going to have to rely on Matip to that extent because I think he can be erratic um you know and I don't think I don't think he I don't think he had a great season last season um but you know fair play to him because you know when he's really grasped his chance and you know I, I don't think the, the only the only way he would lose his place for Sunday is if, if if Klopp just feels he needs fresh legs yeah. in the form of Lovren because you certainly wouldn't you certainly wouldn't change that centre back axis at the moment based on performances because um, you know they've actually complemented each other really really well. Connor, one player Liverpool will be missing for the first leg of the um, quarter final is Andy Robertson. Um, pretty harsh booking, I suppose, at the end there. Uh, perhaps you could criticise him a little bit for making the challenge, but. What did you make of his performance? He had a bit of a slow start, got caught out for their goal, but he's such an exceptional player and Liverpool will miss him, won't they? Yeah, he will undoubtedly be a massive miss. If you're being like hypercritical of him specifically, then you'd probably say the first goal, Bayern's, is, is his fault. He hasn't tracked the run of Gnabry and he did that once or twice in the game. But at the end of the day, you're playing against world-class wingers and mm. they're going to get away from you once or twice in yeah, games. It's definitely. only natural. Um you know, his energy and his outlet that he gives Liverpool from defence is absolutely unbelievable because, and it's been mentioned so many times, but that he just keeps on running and keeps on running and he'll obviously get back for you. But I think it, that Trent and Robson complement each other so well because when you've got Van Dijk and people defending in the heart of defence, they need someone to give it to and not always can they lump a perfect ball up the field. So you've got Robertson there, you've got Trent there and, you know, they are an excellent, excellent outlet and he will be a huge miss. And as soon as you sort of, saw him put that tackle in, you did kind of shut your eyes a little bit and think, oh, please don't book him because, you know, you're thinking in that stage of the game, he probably should just let him run past him. But 
you know, it's happened and, you know, that's something Klopp's going to have to deal with. And Moreno gives me all sorts of worries and I hope it's probably going to be Milner. Really? He's like a little Jack Russell, isn't he? Last night, you just had to have a little nibble. You were like, just don't do it. But he did sort of pull out as well when you watched the replay. So it did feel really sorry for him. And I think obviously it's a big blow because he's one of the world's best left backs, yeah. quite plainly. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking about it. Maybe this is a good thing in a way because he gives us all every game and he would continue to do that if you played him for another 100 years. I'm totally convinced by that. But maybe a little rest for him. It's the first leg. It's not all, you know, it's not all over after any kind of results, is it? So hopefully, you know, we get through that, whoever we face. Obviously, the draws tomorrow, isn't it? So just yeah. see who we get. And it, it could be okay, I think. Yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. James, if, if Moreno does play and Klopp does have other options, he could go with Milner. Is it a bit of a worry that we've barely seen him at all this season? I think he's played twice. Uh, is that a worry going into such a big game that they won't, they'll have Moreno there? Yeah, well, it would be a massive worry. And I, I think I, I actually don't even think that's it'll be much of a decision for Klopp. I think he'll go with Milner at left back unless his hand is forced in terms of needing Milner in centre midfield if 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 he hasn't got other other options in that department because. I think you're right. I think you can't with with how little football Moreno has played. Aside from the fact that you know when it, when he has played, he can be an absolute liability defensively. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't even think he that that would be a a close call for for Klopp. I, I really felt sorry for Robertson because I was I was watching him after the final whistle last night. And obviously, mm-hmm. the the players are all celebrating and going across to the away end. And you could see that Robertson was absolutely devastated. He had you know, his head in his hands. I don't think he could quite believe what he'd done. And, you know, I think it was, you know, it, obviously it's easy to say, well, he had no need to make the challenge, but, you know, that's part of his makeup. And I don't think it, 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 in the heat of battle, it didn't even occur to him that Liverpool were, you know, a seconds away from victory. He, you know, he didn't have to make it. So massively frustrating, but, um, you know, I, Liverpool have coped have coped without key personnel at times this season, um, and yeah, Milner Milner can can do a can do a job there. So I don't see it being as, as a, a massive issue in in the first leg of the quarter final. Mm-hmm. James, you were you were in the mix zone last night. I should probably mention the mix zone is where the players come through to talk to the media. What what was the atmosphere like in there? What were, what what sort of messages were the players giving out? Were they they really buzzing? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely buoyant. Yeah, I think um, you know it's it, it's a it's a great setup at the Allianz, and you know it's um, it basically you have a situation where somewhere like a giant hall that they come out of the dressing rooms into, and the Bayern players go one way, and, and the Liverpool players go the other, and uh, yeah, the, the the contrast in emotions was uh, was absolutely vast. With um, you know, fair play to the Bayern players, a lot of them did. Did did uh, did stop and 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 talk and you could, you know, they were they looked absolutely devastated because I think I think you have to go back to 2011 for the last time that that Bayern didn't get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So, um, you know, it was a new experience for what was a vastly experienced Bayern team. And then yeah, the other side of the coin on the other side, you know, I had a chat with James Milner and Jeannie Wijnaldum afterwards, and um, yeah, I think. They, they, you know, I think the message seemed to be that they felt it was a a huge step forward because you know Liverpool have been winning games and uh, and grinding out results for a lot of 2019, but that was 
that was probably the first real big statement performance that we've seen in this in this calendar year. And you know, I think the players had also picked up on you know a lot of the talk pre-match about um, you know whether whether the Champions League was some kind of unwanted distraction and whether you know the, the priority was the Premier League title race and that going out of Europe wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but. You know the the message was very clear that they you know that they intend to go absolutely flat out for both of them, and they don't believe that an extended run in Europe will will have anything but a positive impact on on the league form because you know what they want is momentum, and and the, and the best way to to keep that is to, is to keep on winning. I one hundred percent wholeheartedly agree with that, Connor. What what do you think? There's there was a lot made of that before the game, and I think Klopp got quite spiky about it in his press conferences beforehand, but surely. Those sorts of results, you know, Liverpool going into goes to follow at the weekend. Surely now they go there full of confidence. They've just beaten one of the biggest sides in European football in their own backyard. That's not going to hurt your league form, surely. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, when you have a performance like that, it doesn't look like Henderson's injury is too bad. Um, you know, the only thing that else went really went wrong was Robertson's suspension, and that's not going to affect the Premier mm. League at all. You know, you've got a few days to recover. Klopp will know how to prepare. And you're looking, if you can score three goals against Bayern Munich and the likes of Hummels and Neuer, then you can go to Fulham and absolutely dominate. And, you know, that's only going to help. And you can't really get that experience. And I think particularly, and I've mentioned this before, for the Liverpool fans and the Liverpool team having such an affinity with the Champions League, which they do do, having a little break from the Premier League and performing like that is just such a good thing because you just take it into the weekend without a doubt. Definitely. Keep it. Jamie Carragher called that the statement performance that he's been waiting for from Liverpool. Uh, would you agree? And it, it was needed, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I was thinking I can't really remember a performance in the league or the Champions League since Tottenham at Wembley, yeah. where we come away thinking, whoa, something big's happening here. This, that was a really good performance. Yeah. You know, we've we've we beat Tottenham who were at that time, you know, and got close. They've just only just fell away the last couple of months. Um, so that was the last time and we've waited that long. I think that was September and it just sort of felt like we've just sort of just sort of rolled along and just sort of pulled off these wins and, you know, just kept going. But there's, there's been no sort of like statement of intent like there was last night, like beating Bayern Munich. I know a lot of people say, you know, they're not the team they was, uh, say, a few seasons ago, but they're still Bundesliga champions and they may well be again this season. You know, they're a very, very good football team and one of the best in Europe. So I feel like we had, obviously, the Man City beat Schalke and um, Tottenham beat Dortmund. I feel like I know Dortmund were more in form when they come into that game, but Bayern Munich have wrestled that back in the Bundesliga yeah. and I feel like we did have the, the toughest German opponent, most definitely, if not one of the toughest. One of the toughest in the round. Yeah, definitely. PSG were tough, but... They're a very accomplished side. Connor, you are desperate to talk about Virgil van Dijk still, aren't you? Yeah, to be honest, I think I might have dismissed him a little bit too much in this podcast. Like, I obviously called the ball average. It wasn't an average ball. It was a good ball, but I think Manny made the most of it. Um, but I was so keen to talk about Matip and Matip's contribution that I kind of brushed over van Dijk a little bit, and I don't want to seem like I'm taking him for granted. Just in case Virgil's listening. Just in case Connor, anyone gets onto Virgil, me on Twitter. Connor isn't taking you for granted. It's all right, Matip keeps sort of getting brushed aside, doesn't he, <laughs> yeah, with the Virgil, yeah. so... No, I just, as I say, like, you know, you get used to Robertson's performances at left-back, say, and we got used to Salah last season, saying I didn't yeah. want to just be like that with Van Dijk because he's obviously coming in just... It's crazy how much difference Liverpool make. And even when Bayern Munich were going forward last night and get so used to Van Dijk just not letting anyone pass, winning every single header, it's just it's just outrageous. And 
yeah, I didn't want to just brush that away without stating my pure love for him. I know what you mean, because <laughs> we used to get this sort of nervous feeling, like you yeah, you get exactly. that adrenaline rush, like, oh my God, we're about to concede, or when a cross will come in, even with Alison now, mm. corner, we'd it's be totally like shaking. But now it's just like, you're just sort of like chilling, watching them, it's great. <laughs> Fair enough, James. Um, Liverpool have now won at the Bernabeu, they've won at their camp new. Um They've also won at the Allianz Arena last night, and San they've Ciro. won at the San Siro. That is the f- they're the first English team to do it. I think they're the first European t- team to do it. Full stop. Uh, Bayern have done it, but they then they play at the Allianz Arena, so they don't really count. So it's a, it's a hell of an achievement from <laughs> Liverpool. Um, we're all varying ages here, so we'll start with James because he's the oldest. James, where does that rank in terms of European away wins? Uh, oh yeah, I mean it's. It's certainly the certainly the best since the Benitez era, isn't it? I think, um, yeah, probably probably the best since winning away to Barcelona. What was that? Yeah. Is that two thousand seven? Yeah, better than the Bernabeu um, in two thousand nine. Uh, to be fair, Real Madrid weren't quite as the force they yeah, were. Really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, toss up probably between the two. Certainly the certainly yeah, you, you're looking at the best for a decade, aren't you? Really, and certainly the the first real kind of iconic away scalp for for Klopp in in his 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 Anfield reign and you know the other the other the, the big thing as well was was getting that getting that big away performance because you know I think it had been a concern you think of how insipid and um and you know like lackluster Liverpool were in those three away group games and and you know and then when you factor in the final and and what happened in in Rome in the second leg you know you're effectively looking at five, you know, massive away day disappointments, and so you, you know you're thinking you know Liverpool have got you know, that the pressure was on them. You know, can they produce that? There's been a lot of talk about that. Also, the fact that the dynamic was so different with you go back to last season and in the knockout stages they went into every second leg with a with a big lead. With you know they effectively killed off Porto inside an hour. They you know, they they'd done a job on Man City. At Anfield, similar with with Roma in the first leg. So, yeah, it just it, I think yeah, you're right. Carragher described it as a as a kind of a big statement, and it, it certainly felt like that because on on so many levels. Because you know, it it had been a while since we'd seen Liverpool play with a swagger like that away from home in Europe, and um, and to do it with 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 so much to spare as well. It wasn't you know, it wasn't one of those gutsy away wins where you have to dig in and ride your luck and you know, they, they, they they were absolutely in control of that second half and I think that there wasn't a single moment I don't think where the outcome was in was in was in any doubt I and mean, when you think I was looking at the stats Bayern Munich had two shots on target across the whole 180 minutes in the tight and when you think you know Robert Lewandowski is rated as one of the one of the best strikers in Europe you know that's that's an extraordinary statistic and um you know, fading force or not, that that is a that is a result last night that will reverberate across Europe, and you know, it's going to be intriguing, obviously, to see what Liverpool get in the draw come come Friday morning. But they're not going to be queuing up to want to face Klopp's team. We'll talk about the draw in a moment, but quickly, Connor Kiva, where do you think that ranks? Yeah, it it ranks absolutely number one for me so far. To be honest, yeah, because I think what it means for us going forward in the Premier League as well as going forward in the Champions League is absolutely massive. Fair enough, Kiva. I remember Barcelona being up there as just like Barcelona were beating Barcelona in the you know yeah. backyard, and they were come up messy and everything. They were, a, you know, I mean Barcelona's still great, but 
I feel like last night, as Connor says, it's just sort of tipped something. And I feel like where we are in the league as well, I can't remember where we was in 2007, but I don't think yeah, it was this good of a position. So, you know. I, th- I think the Camp Nou was the biggest for me. Mm. But it probably ranks alongside the Bernabeu. Anyway, right, we'll talk the draw. Um, I'd like to know who you all want before that. Trickiest, Man City, City. Barcelona. City, 100%. City, 100%. Kiva? Yeah, just I wouldn't like that again to go through that. We're we're battling for the Premier League. We don't don't want to battle. I mean, imagine beating them in that and getting to the Premier League title. That would be memorable, wouldn't it, to say the least. But no, I don't want that at all. James, as you say, no one will want Liverpool, will they? No, no, I don't think so. I think... Personally, uh, you know, I, I think, I think, I think you want Ajax or Porto. I think they, yeah. they'd be absolutely ideal. I know, Ajax. I know, I know. Nice Klopp one. said that he doesn't, he doesn't fancy a, one of the one of the Premier League teams, does he? And I, 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 I'm with him on that. I don't really. I, I, I suppose out. You definitely. I suppose if if you got if you were going to get one, you'd want Tottenham, just because I think Liverpool. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident they deal with Tottenham over over two legs. Um, I mean, obviously, if you get either of the Manchester clubs, that those games are absolutely mammoth. But um, it, it just, especially with the way that there were, with so much riding on every Premier League game, it, it would be you know a real advantage if if Liverpool could get Porto because you know, especially having you know they they know what they're about. They've been there relatively recently. Yeah. They, they absolutely wiped the floor with them last season. Um, that would be a much much preferable route than you know. I think uh, Juventus. I think one to try and avoid. I don't think uh, again like, for what we spoke about earlier on as well. You know, f- from a fan perspective, um, I, you know, that is a. I don't think that would be a massively enjoyable trip to Turin. Um, Barcelona would be tricky in terms of on the field, but would be a fantastic one um, off it. Um, so yeah, it's just it's uh, the thing is the, the competition's wide open, isn't it? I think I don't think I don't think there's one absolutely outstanding team left in it. I mean, Man City are the bookies' favourites, but you know Liverpool could beat Man City over two legs. You know, I don't I don't think City will want to will want to get Liverpool. I find it bizarre that Man City, the bookies' favourites, and Barcelona are still in the competition. But Barcelona, an outstanding team for me, the tie that you want just from not only a. It gives Liverpool the best chance of going through, but from a footballing perspective, is Ajax, Connor? I just think the way Liverpool play and the way Ajax set up, and obviously we watch them against Real Madrid, I think mm. Liverpool have totally enough for what it takes to come overcome Ajax. I think that would be the perfect one. It's just a nice tie yeah. as well, isn't yeah. it? Amsterdam, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, just all over spot Imagine on, thousands of scousers in Amsterdam and Liverpool fans. It'd be some night, wouldn't it? Yeah, it certainly would. Well, I can tell you right now, I think the draw will, will go like this. It'll be Liverpool-Barcelona, Tottenham-Juventus, Manchester United, Porto, and no, sorry, Manchester United, Ajax, and City will get Porto because that was just the way it'll go. Um, they always seem to get the, the nicest draws. James, what what do you think it'll be tomorrow? Who have you got a feeling for? <laughs> um, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I it, I think I think Liverpool will end up getting one of the Manchester clubs. I really, so do I. I really hope I really hope we don't, but um, yeah, I, I I've just I've just got a, a, a strange feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to I fancy Manchester a Manchester Derby, Derby, you know. I've just got a little feeling. Manchester Derby. Well, <laughs> well we, we will wait and see. Right, we'll leave it there, James. Thanks very much for joining us. 
Hopefully um, you can get some sleep, but not before you've sent a load more articles <laughs> for us to put on the website. Um, we'll join you again tomorrow for a, our normal Blood Red podcast where we'll be reacting to the draw to Klopp's press conference and we will have a little look ahead to Fulham as well. Thanks for joining in. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.